Welcome to the Life Coaching with Ryan podcast, episode 15. In today's episode, Selena and I continue our conversation about the mind-body connection and discuss specifically the influence of journaling, both in our own experience and the potential effect it can have for others. So uh, with that, I'd like to transition to um, journaling because I think that, again, there's a tendency for people to think that journaling is either a diary or it's some thing where you need this special pre-printed gratitude journal or something like that. Uh, and I just don't think it needs to be quite that complicated. It can be. And actually, I have some of some methods that I've been exposed to that I found very valuable. Um, but before we get into that, I'm curious if you have any preferred methods of journaling. Yeah, so that's a great question. and I. I, um, again, I, I vary because, you know, as humans, we like some variability over time and we like, we like stability. So I, I usually get into a practice and work it for a while and then I'll try something else. Um, but I've definitely done, you know, morning pages, which is like the brain dump from, Julia from, the, Cameron, from Julie, Julie Cameron. shout out. She's still getting shout outs forever on morning pages. And for those of you listening who don't know, it's essentially, and correct me if I'm wrong, it's been yeah. a while since I read her book, but it's essentially a brain dump. And I think she has like a page, like you write till you fill up three pages. and Three, yes. Three yeah. handwritten yeah. binder, which is, college which, rules. Which is pages. a lot. And then you start like going, okay, how big could I write? <laughs> but, but it's a brain dump. And when I've used it consistently, and I'm not saying I'm doing three pages right now, I would be dishonest. But um, when I'm using that, and I often will do a shorter version of that, um, yeah. it's just getting the junk out. We have such frenetic brain energies. And you know, most of us are all over the place and we're caught in story and we're caught in emotion. So I love it as a brain dump to just clear the junk before yeah. I start my day. Like, let's just get this out. Nobody's ever going to see it. I'm probably never going to read it again. Most of the time I don't. And when yeah. I do, I and what I do, I regret, I'm like, what is this? It's not for that. It's for right. just, and I love this expression of like, just writing on the page at the same pace that it's coming into your brain. So just mm -hmm. like going from here down through into your hand and out the pen and then you can kind of release it um so i love that technique um i also love gratitude writing and and mm. that's one of the ones i use most consistently and it can be shorter um and so just maybe dropping five things i'm grateful for and that can be really repetitive if you go day to day so then i try to break it out like five things on a personal level five things in my relationship so you can kind of categorize it to make it more interesting for yourself and and to get out of the saying like the same five things every day <laughs> yeah um five things i you know like i mean i'm sure we could come up with some new ones like five things i'm grateful for in what you know like a different category in my creative life in five different ways i feel i succeeded today yeah absolutely or three yeah start with what you know what seems doable but the gratitude practices are super helpful also and that's also where i tend to go a lot in my meditation my personal meditation practices is to a place of gratitude because mm. what happens to our brains ryan when we are in gratitude like what has to be shut off like yeah, you know? as you said, you said it earlier about <laughs> judgment being such a significant concern. When we're when we're clouded with judgment, then we have all those shoulds, and then we have all these limitations. Yeah. And gratitude opens us up to to possibilities. Really, is is my yeah, perspective. yeah. And it's you know, if we're really immersing in a gratitude, like it just really. And I talked about using all of our senses, and we can do that in a journaling perspective, like my gratitude in my sense of taste. Oh, like I had this amazing meal last night or had this fresh fig or we can go into senses 
and just open it up even more to like really feeling it. So it's not just writing it, but, and this is where we use a gratitude and a mindfulness practice. And we can do that with the writing. It's like, how do I experience this? And then just embodying and expanding that sense of gratitude. So we allow it to kind of recircuit our brains a little. So we're building those neural pathways by just wallowing in that. And Rick Hansen has a great TED talk on that, just wallowing in gratitude and, and building those synapses of gratitude to move our minds towards more positivity and more of a well-being space. Um, yeah. So I love... Go ahead, please. No, go ahead. I'm done. Oh, I was just going to say, uh, to your point about kind of repetitive feeling uh, or like doing the same thing all the time, it's like eating the same food every day. Yeah. Um, in those cases, I do think something that is guided is really valuable. Yeah. Um, whether it's buying someone's journal or I mentioned Pat Patterson earlier, you know, he has two books on songwriting and he has these series of writing exercises, creative writing exercises. Nice. That again, deal with the seven senses. And so just, and he has a, he has a, a prompt and a limit. So it's like dentist is your keyword and you have 30 seconds to write and that's it. Uh -huh. and 30 seconds, you have to stop. Um, and then you can do, and there's one that's 10 minutes and let's say it's whatever ocean and you have 10 minutes to write about ocean. It's just free form thinking, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. But if I didn't have those set up for me with the time limit and the word, and I had to come up with it for myself, there's a barrier to entry. Yeah. And sure. so with something like a gratitude journal, it's the same way. I've never used a gratitude practice as far mm -hmm. as journals. There are times I need to remind myself what I'm thankful for. Um, but I, that tends to be my on the fly as opposed to my journaling. Um, yeah. That's part of a kind of like a meditation practice for me is to stop and breathe and consider what I, what I enjoy and the positive of the nice. circumstance. Um, so yeah, gratitude, if I were to do a gratitude journal, I would absolutely need something structured because yeah, I, I think I would, I, I mean, I already know I would burn out because I burn out on things um, within a few months just as part of my personality yeah, um, or part of my programming, if not my personality, perhaps something I could change, but I'm not aware of how to at this time. Um, so I like you change my practices fairly consistently. Mm -hmm. And sometimes having structure is helpful. Sometimes I don't need it at all. And it's Absolutely. just nice, like a morning pages. The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron, I'll definitely mm -hmm. throw it um, is incredibly valuable. So yeah. It is. And I love, Ryan, that you keep talking about these creative practices. And, and I just, I love that you're bringing that piece to the conversation. Because I think so many times when we're in a more perpetual cycle of chronic stress or in that sympathetic nervous system, we lose touch with that creativity which is such a joyous piece of being human. Um, yeah. So I love that you keep bringing that in. I just want to acknowledge that. Well, thank you. I, yeah. It's actually something that uh, is something I'd like to explicitly give some type of a workshop on yeah. is that you can be creative without being an artist. There, yeah. There's, again, this is limiting belief that somehow if I'm not great at sketching or I'm not great at painting or I'm not great at dancing or I'm not great at singing, then I'm not an artist. It's like, okay, yeah. like I get that. But one of my teachers said to me um, that one of, how did he phrase it? I'm going to butcher it, but it's essentially um, that for him, a goal is how can he live each day as creatively as possible? Mm. And that might be as simple as, man, I hate putting away my tools how can I, how can I do that differently? I'm going to turn on some music and I'm going to dance, like not even really dance, but like, kind of like, you know, dance Well, I put away my tools. And suddenly he was putting yeah. away his tools every time he took them out as yeah. opposed to, like he transformed this experience for himself. And for me, it's how to take safe risk. Mm. Um, that I think 
part of what holds us all back uh, is that sense of risk. We right now use fear to inform us of what we shouldn't do, as opposed to fear informing us what would be valuable to cautiously do. Mm. And that as we learn to evaluate what is the source of the fear, then we can start to say, you know, this put this risk on a scale of one to 10. And that if it's a three or lower, that's a safe risk. Mm. And so I want to find out how I can be creative and play and do something I've never done and take it as an opportunity so that now I know that part of me is not going to enjoy taking that risk because it is a risk and we are programmed not to take risks unless we are those very unique brains that are programmed to take risks. Um, And so how do I take this risk and enjoy it as much as I can, accepting that I may not enjoy it as fully as something that I'm comfortable with. And so there's this, I think that things like writing or um, just general experimentation, like be a scientist in your life and experiment and just do it with a sense of whimsy. You know, that's kind of my thing. Yeah. And curiosity. I think curiosity is a highly underrated skill set and it's so needed. And I, when I teach, I emphasize like, let's just be curious about what's going on in the landscape of our world and our mind, you know? Um, And so, so let's replace judgment with curiosity. So instead of like, oh, I really messed that up or I'm really not good at meditating. My brain is all over the place. Like, huh, let me get really curious and ask different questions about that. Huh, well, what is this showing me? Oh, it showed me my brain's really busy. Well, what a great thing that I'm really working on these skills, you know? So it's like asking different questions and framing things differently and really change the course of our life. It's it's pretty amazing. I mean, if I had to give people one thing to transform their lives, it would be exactly that. It would be curiosity. Just be by getting curious, you yeah. remove so much of the noise. Yeah. Because it comes now you have a question. You have a single question. Oh, I'm curious why blank. Or I'm curious how blank. Or a hmm, how could I Yeah. Do what, this would ha- what would happen? Yeah. Been? Exactly. What would happen if I try this? Hmm. And then if it doesn't work, like instead of going into like I'm a failure, I'm never gonna do this again, like, huh. What happens if I tweak this or try something a little different? How does that feel? You know, instead of just this automatic shutdown with the judgment and the judgment is, I mean, I want to honor our, our fear because fear yes. is, is a necessary thing. And I think so much of this conversation can imply that we're trying to get rid of this part of our brain Ooh. and it's absolutely necessary, absolutely necessary. And it serves a really valuable purpose. We just don't want to let it override every single thing that we're doing. <laughs> right. If it's the default, then that's not ultimately going to serve us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is why actually another journaling practice that uh, I've used very successfully is to write out my judgments. Yeah. There's something that I was taught uh, about called the Matote Journal. And if I understand the, the translation of Matote correctly, it's like a marketplace. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it implies the sense of noise that's in our head, uh, where it's all of this crosstalk and all these conversations. And so a Matote journal, um, for me, it implies three things. Um, but the way it was originally taught to me is just to divide the paper into two and have judge on one side and victim on the other. Yeah. And that simply by doing that, now we have, uh, we can start to sort out our thoughts where we are getting stuck into judgment um, or stuck into victimhood and, and just sorting that out and accepting it, owning it and writing it, then you can start to see your patterns. You can start to see what you might want to change. 
about um, your thinking and, and really just often coming to awareness of something starts to change it inherently. You don't even have to consciously consider how I would change it. Just becoming aware mm-hmm. of it, it's like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. We call, I've always heard that called name it to tame it. And it's so true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just start, start illuminating what's going on. It's like the same with the mindfulness and the meditation practice. It's like, and that sounds like a version of a, of a mindfulness practice. It's like, as soon as our patterns are illuminated, then we have so much more capacity to work with them. It's really cool. Yeah, you can just you can break it out into anything you want. You can say, uh, uh, anytime I get triggered today, I'm going to write what triggered me. Or it can be um, what just starting as you get more advanced with that and more comfortable with that, it could just be what thoughts repeat the most often in my head. And yeah. just when a first time a thought pops into your head, write it down. And then every time it happens after that, add a hash mark after it. And just just capture those thoughts and like what is what's on loop the most in my day and it yeah. could be something devastating like I'm not a worthy human being or it could be something very empowering like I'll figure this out I always do like mm-hmm. you'll just catch your 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 types of thinking and then you can choose again to change it or not change it or maybe just awareness itself will change it sure and and you also named a really amazing strategy in there Ryan which is just I just want to point out which is reframing. So taking yes. something, taking a really challenging belief yeah. we hold about ourselves, and then just, even if you don't believe it yet, just writing it out differently. So instead of, say, you know, judging self, like, I'm terrible, at, we'll use the example of meditation, because this is one of the things that people come so often with, I can't meditate, my mind is all over, right? right. So it's one of these common myths. So, so, so coming in with that, and then reframing that into something more supportive, and even if we're not there, we don't believe yet believe it yet, it can really help us kind of grow into that space and shift some of those limiting beliefs. Yeah, and, and again, in fact, as I brought up in, in the book club episodes when I talked about um, The Willpower Instinct by Kelly McGonigal, yeah. uh, she said bad meditation is the best meditation because <laughs> yes, people is. don't seem, people think that there is like, again, an ideal, like somehow I should have a quiet mind. And if I don't have a quiet mind, then meditating is useless. When in fact, if you were a quote, bad meditator, you actually have more opportunities to bring yourself back to your breath. And in fact, yeah. that practice of bringing yourself back to your breath is what's building that muscle of awareness. So, so someone who has a busy mind and uses meditation and has to keep bringing themselves back to their breath is actually increasing the, their willpower far more than someone who has a very quiet mind. So that, that activity of meditation is not uh, bringing them that particular benefit. Yeah, It's bringing them other benefits, but it's not bringing them that particular benefit of being able to mm-hmm. come back to your awareness consistently. So that practice isn't, yeah, it's just not as helpful for that yeah. specific goal. Absolutely. And we start where we are. And it's so amazing to be at the beginning of this path because there's so much improvement we can make. It's so much shifting we can make in our minds. And when we get further in the practice, it's much more subtle, right? It's you hit some yeah. plateaus and it's much more subtle. So it's a very different place. But it's beautiful to be at the beginning. What did you say that was that quote? A bad meditation is the best meditation? Yeah. Like Kelly McDonald. I love that. That's yeah, great. She, I, I'm, I'm paraphrasing it. She phrases yeah. it slightly differently, but that's my paraphrase. And no, bad meditation it's... Is, is the best meditation. It's um, fantastic. Yeah. I also wanted to, because we touched on awareness and releasing patterns as benefits of journaling, but I, I wanted to also say that I have attempted this one type of journaling where you ask a question right before mm-hmm. you go to sleep and you write it down in your journal. And then when you wake up, you just start writing to that question. And 
And again, some people would think, oh, that's very woo-woo, but it's also very practical because our brain has so much information that we don't easily access, whether it's a subconscious process or unconscious process, wherever that information is. Yeah. And we understand it to be as real as we understand th these mental processes to be, since we can't necessarily point at them directly in the brain, but they're universal. They we have a, this universal experience of things that are operating outside of our awareness. So journaling can bring to our conscious awareness these other things that are happening. I like to joke about the machine that I can sometimes, instead of consciously trying to figure something out, I will ask myself a clear question and then choose to forget it, i.e. not think about it regularly and just go about my day. And then the next time it pops into my head, I have an answer. Yes. So yes. we have this amazing layers going on. Like, why not use it to its fullest potential? And I find journaling is one way to do that. Yeah. And I love that you brought up this, what I call like below the line stuff. And it's, it's stuff that's happening in our systems that's, um, and this might even be a segue to talking about movement, but mm. stuff that's been embodied in our systems. And, and it's like, it, sometimes it comes out in these creative processes or journaling. And it's like, you know, we tend to think like, why would I want to look at that stuff, especially if it's challenging or negative. And so we just tamp it down. And many of us do this. And sometimes it's an appropriate strategy, especially if we're in a survival situation that's very challenging. It's better to dissociate to survive in that moment. But yeah. then later, later, it's like, okay, and we want to do this, especially if you've had a trauma and with a skillful, skillful help. Yes. But later, therapy is amazing. Let's not forget. Yeah. And those, you know, people who are doing amazing things in the therapy world right now, as they're connecting the body and mind together more, they're getting so much more traction and helping people. And I love mm -hmm. that. But um, we have all these things that are happening below the line. They're not in our conscious awareness. And let me tell you, they are driving so much of our behavior. It's not yeah. even funny. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, like just the other day, I uh, will go back to Dan Siegel's hand model about how the brain works. Like I flipped my lid. I had to physically remove myself from a person in my life who I care about, which doesn't happen to me a lot. And, yeah. and what was happening though, is I was tapping into this below the line stuff. And so, you know, our memories don't have a timestamp. So right. something, something in my current environment layered with all the political stuff and da 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 has everything at the surface. And so just something that happened just triggered into old below the line stuff that clearly hasn't been totally integrated and processed and just brought it up and it was driving my behavior and actions. So journaling and meditating and even movement can help us integrate those below the line things that are actually really driving our behaviors. And we don't always know why, like, why am I doing this? I don't yes. understand. Yes. I'm an intelligent person. Why am I acting this way? Right. And so that, a lot of that is like, right. what's going on? So we can tap into those things through these processes. Yeah, that's something I, I enjoy about Brooke Castillo's model um, that she got from CBT, the cognitive behavioral therapy is understanding, you know, we have a circumstance and our thoughts about the circumstance, how we interpret it, et cetera, leads to feelings. Those feelings uh -huh. lead to some automatic actions potentially that lead to a set of results that we may or may not want. Um, and so being able to back up that train and, and get to our level of interpretation, sometimes that you can do that consciously and sometimes you can, and you need some time to unpack it, whether it's journaling or, yeah. or whatever else. So I think that that's very important. And just for anyone who's curious, we're recording this in early October, 2018. So if there's yeah. anyone who really wants to know like what was going on, they could feel, feel free to look that up but, um, <laughs> yeah. for context. But, uh, and here's a little preview of what's coming up next week. Uh, you had mentioned this may be a great way to segue, a great time to segue into yeah. um, 
into movement. And, and I very much agree because again, now we're talking about the embodied experience yeah. um, of this. And there are ways to get information from our bodies that reveal some of these processes we may not be conscious of. Uh, yeah. but, but beyond that also, just as I mentioned earlier, our body affects our mind. And so mm-hmm. I, I'm curious to start kind of, do you have, again, some preferred movement practices? And, and even maybe even before that, maybe describe a little about your history with movement um, yeah. and, then, and then maybe segue into mm-hmm. preferred movement styles. Like the show? Consider subscribing through my Patreon at patreon.com slash lifecoachingwithryan. You'll get early access to shows and potentially a host of other rewards. Want more? You can also find me streaming on Twitch at twitch.tv slash lifecoachingwithryan, where I play some games and I continue the conversation. I'm pretty active on Instagram. You can find me at instagram.com slash educate for the number four underscore life. That's where I do my book club. I record the book club episodes live on Mondays, and then I post them to IGTV. Later, I post them on YouTube. See you next time.